Yeah, I mean, I guess we can, I guess we'll just, uh, I mean, uh, the way I thought of this was, I don't think, I think a lot of people are doing pre-Navi or more likely pre-Zen videos right now. And yeah. I think, frankly, we've talked that almost to death. Yeah, flogging a dead horse, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see what Zen is, and it's going to be good. And but I think I think putting things in context, not just like, oh, well, here's an old CPU, but like what builds used to be like. But but I guess before that, I want to talk about RTX Super a little bit at least with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess actually, what I want to say that I don't, uh, you uh, you probably saw my video. I was more angry than usual. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I referenced it in my video. I said, for once, you lost the plot. Like I was. <laughs> And, and and I guess here's why. It's like people were excited. The RTX 2060 is as strong as the 2070. And then no one was bringing up how they just successfully got everyone to be happy about a $400 60 card. Like, oh, my God. And now you're it's saying it's a good it, yeah. product? It's a, oh, my well, God. The first time they did it was when, do you remember the Titan? When the oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, they launched the Titan and they called it a Titan. And it was just the set that did the GTX 780 just left, launched a couple of months before they were going to bring out the 7 series. And everyone was like, oh my God. And I remember everybody like in work who knows, like the IT guys in work, did you see the new Titan? Did you see the new Titan? Oh my God, the Titan's amazing. And then like they launched the, the 780 a couple of months later for like 750 quid or something like that. And it was like, 10% slower, but everybody's like, it's such a deal. It's so amazing. It's 10% slower yeah. than Titan. Double yeah. the price of a 7970 for 20% more performance. You did it, guys. <laughs> That's exactly. Well done. That, Bravo. And, and people, people bought it up, man. People bought it up. People bought the Titan branding, like Hulk, Climb, and Sinker. Yeah, I, I think I think that what what you've what you what you've pretty much seen is you've seen uh, Nvidia do to their low end or their mid tier graphics cards what they did with the high end in, is essentially just change name schemes around, uh, you know, release a higher end version of the card, then get rid of that, then release a more budgeted budget oriented versions of card, but yeah, it's a little bit cheaper and everybody loses their mind, and that's that's what they've pretty much done with the the low end cards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's to confuse and bamboozle yeah, Dan, everyone. Dan, so well, I, I like you know I do my podcast with my brother Dan, and he, we were talking the other night, and he was like, "I just wonder at what level are they going to stop calling everything premium?" And I said, "I'm saying it. I've been saying it. Thirty fifty Ti. That's they're going <laughs> to make that an RTX card, and they're going to say yeah. it's premium, and that's why you should pay probably two hundred and fifty dollars for a thirty fifty Ti." I'm I'm saying yeah, that's yeah. going to be where they cut off the premium, and they're going to call everything below two hundred dollars peasant cards from now on. <laughs> peasant cards, yeah. Even though um, the thirty fifty Ti will probably be one twenty eight bit and a complete joke, but they'll say yeah, no, well, no, no, this has RTX though, and it's almost as good at RTX as the twenty sixty was for just two fifty. <laughs> well, that's the only the only thing I, I found with the new RTX. 60 class cards and even the 70 class card which i just call this the 60 class card because it is a 60 class card um, oh, yeah. but yeah like i just i that's what i found really weird was the fact that they actually gave it the 256 bit uh bus on the not on the 60 but on on the on the 70 class card that actually had that that full bus but yeah. i imagine the only way they could get it to kind of come near close to what a 70 class card upgrade would have been was by, by having that bus there you know because if you remember do you remember the 660 ti oh yeah that dumb card <laughs> yeah it was nearly as fast as a 670 though if you could yes. really overclock the memory so it like, was 
I yeah. remember MSI specifically had a version that they got reprimanded for from NVIDIA's marketing team because they put literally the fastest GDR5 at the time on it, which was pretty fast compared to what most cards had back then. And it was within a few percent of the 670, and they sold it for about 80 bucks less. And they, they, they even marketed it. Hey, guys, this is literally <laughs> a, a 670 for less money. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole like that. This is pretty much the exact same thing that the the seventy class that the seventy card that doesn't exist anymore that's been discontinued discontinued is what should have been a I'd say a twenty sixty Ti, and um oh, to, yeah. get, to get it there they they gave it a little bit more memory you know, uh and oh and the reason I called the six sixty Ti dumb is it only had one point five gigabytes of RAM just like the GTX nine seventy most people just don't realize that. The people they made two gigabyte variants, variants though. No, they, they no. Yeah, so sorry, it yeah. said two gigabyte, but there are people that have documented the same memory flaws as the GTX nine seventy. Ah, oh, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. They they kind of crippled the memory bus on the final uh, whatever. But I bits. people just didn't notice because back then cards used one point five gigabytes, unlike now yeah. where everything's been using four for years. And also, it wasn't a hot. <laughs> Again, the nine seventy was a sixty class card, but uh, they. They wasn't perceived as high end, so no one noticed. That's why you saw three gigabyte six sixty TIs, not four, because really that and the three gigabyte ones actually would legitimately outperform the two gigabyte ones more than they should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard. Mm. Well, the problem is that, like, I think with the with the tw- with the twenty eighty TI is that um, I always say in my videos, I say that the twenty eighty and the twenty eighty TI are for people who have, uh, you know. You know, more money than cents. They're not going to affect anything. It's not really a high high volume product. It's low. It's high margin, low volume product. It's for people you know who don't really care about money and la la. And they'll always be that way. So those two two tiers of card will always be really high and really expensive. And if they want to go off to three thousand dollars, absolutely make more margin but sell less cards. That's what's happening. But at the lower end where we're dealing with now, the five hundred dollar to two hundred and fifty dollar or two hundred dollar, that's where the mainstream most gamers try and say a few pennies to get a decent graphics card that's going to last in three years and they got screwed this time around and that's my problem you know yeah and i guess actually i was going to ask you this later but now's the perfect time to so i'll go first but the question is what did you think turing in 2018 was going to launch at and at least me my gut my and i talked to my friends about it my gut is they're going to increase prices, and I think the perfect price, if they want to get away with it, is they're going to put the 2080 Ti at $900, and they're going to put the 2080 at like 700 and then the 2070 at like 500 and the 2060, well, I don't know. I thought they'd have a 2060 Ti for 400 and a 2060 for like 330 I thought would be the perfect price. And then I saw... 800 for the 2080 and i was like oh my god <laughs> they've just gone mad with power <laughs> well i'll be honest and i thought that i really thought and you're gonna call bullshit on this but i thought that the 2080 ti would cost 1200 quid and i'll explain my reason why oh, after i don't call bullshit i believe you <laughs> but uh, i thought that the 20 the, the 2080 would cost 700 quid i thought that the, the but what was really what really fascinated me about the 2080 is that it wasn't wasn't as fast as I thought it would be. I thought it would be yeah. about 10% faster. And um, yeah, the 20 the 2070 was the stupidest card I've ever seen and it was so blatantly obvious to me <laughs> that it was a 60 card <laughs> for 600. For 600, I could not believe it. I was hey, like, "Oh, hey, I, that's I, just the founder's edition. That's not the real <laughs> price, Paul." 
Yeah, do you remember Jay? Jay from two, Jay's, Jay's Two Cents? He was like, I yeah, this is what it should have been. This is what it should have been. This is what it should have been. And I'm like, no, that's that's the reject reject die. <laughs> You'd be lucky if you get it for $500. And then when we seen the 1660 Ti's, I just I was like, I stopped caring anymore. Because they, they were just like, yeah, 50 <laughs> class cards being sold. Yeah, at this for, point, they're almost trolling people. Like, yeah, and, I, and people were like, isn't this great? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they'd do the two sixties like they did last generation, but one would be like three fifty and one would be three hundred, and one would have six gigabytes of RAM and one would have eight gigabytes. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. The reason why I, the reason why I thought that the twenty eighty Ti would be um would be twelve hundred dollars is because I know how many people bought those Titans, those Titan XPs. I knew how many people, and I was like, they're gonna just put it at twelve hundred dollars because you know now it's a gaming card and it's the fastest gaming card in the world. You know. Yeah, and I think what's weird is how it's like, I think for all of us, right, me, you, Chris, even like Steve at um, uh, Hardware Unboxed, everyone who talks to each other, I think half of our predictions have been right and half of them have been wrong, and then we've all made different predictions. Like, on the one hand, I thought it would cost less, but then I also thought when it cost more, the tw- like you said, the 2080 would be- perform better. I thought actually the 2070 would perform a bit better, too. Uh, I really thought the 2070 would be very close to the 2080, but it was a solid, like, you know, 20% weaker for some mm-hmm. reason. And then also how when we saw that, we're like, well, it's over. They're all going to sell. Game over. But then the 2080 Ti sold well, but the 2080 kind of sold horribly from what I've heard. Like, oh, 100%. It sold. It's the worst selling card of the line. Yeah. 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 And it's like, okay, so I guess. We might actually live in a world where NVIDIA will just have their second strongest card, which it is. The Titan RTX is the strongest one, everyone. Uh, and at about 1200 or or 1000 And then they might have to lower the price to 600 for the 80 And it's just so funny to literally that... I wonder if they'll try it. They'll literally just go 600 for the 3080, 1200 for the 3080 Ti, which if you think <laughs> about it, you might as well just call it a different name. And, I, and actually, I've said that too. I think the biggest mistake with the 2080 Ti is they didn't just call it a Titan. They really should have just called it a Titan. Yeah, yeah, they should have. They should have just called it the RTX Titan and said it was and 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 because they put RTX in the name, said it's a gaming card. You know, yeah. because they got rid of that. I didn't didn't they? Uh, I think they just called it Titan Volta, Titan Volta, didn't they? Or yeah. I, I, they, they got didn't. rid of the GeForce and the GTX or whatever. But uh, yeah, so they, they, they said this is not a gaming card. This is for science and deep learning and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Even Which though it we, makes scientific errors anytime it tries to do that stuff. Pretty much, yeah. And everybody uses it to game. Everybody who ever bought it uses it to game. But anyway, that's besides the point. And on that, I think there is um, more. I think there's a more uh, SM version, like more SMs out there. I think there's a version. Because the reticle limit for 12 nanometers yeah. is 800 and something. The, the, the top version is 5367 cuticores. And I can't find a product where they've sold that though to be fair i think yeah. it might be like the gtx 480 where they've disabled one because the die is 815 millimeters squared I, at yeah. least to my knowledge they've never made the full titan volta but they could if they ever needed to yeah and to my knowledge the 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 rt cores and the tensor cores don't actually take up a lot of the die what takes up a lot of the die is the int cores they put a uh, 64 int co- in shaders in, so in in with the 64 um traditional shaders so the fp32 shaders so that's what took up that's what increased the die by 20 or 30 percent or something yeah yeah so 
yeah, there is. So because there's a Volta card out there with five thousand one hundred and something or whatever, I I could imagine they could have a version with five thousand plus. Oh yeah, uh, they just at least there's an Anantech article where they show a full die shot and it has five thousand three hundred and sixty seven. And but again, I just on their website I can't find one version that has them all enabled. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't either. I've not, I haven't heard of any product. I haven't heard of any, but obviously it could be because even though they can make a reticle limit of eight hundred and something millimeters, they can never get a full die, proper full die or whatever enough to make a product line. If you know what I mean. Well, if they can afford to sell the twenty eighty originally with just what one of those uh, SMs, I don't know if they call them SMs, uh, disabled, uh, it probably is pretty mature <laughs> if that's all they're disabling. Exactly. So you're like, at least with AMD, and you know my feelings on Navi, but at least with AMD, you're getting the newest process node, the newest die piece of silicon available out there. And some could argue, and I would argue, that they need that in order to catch NVIDIA because their transistors, NVIDIA's transistors are so bloody good at this point. And I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from NVIDIA in saying that their architecture is actually good and their transistors are actually magic because of how efficient they are. But at the same time, NVIDIA, when they release a new architecture, do everything to cost save. Everything. They, they, they use the oldest process they can get their hands on. They use the cheapest memory. And this is memory. usually how it's been. It's, it was weird during the Polaris days, but we're kind of back to the standard of AMD going to a node first, rushing it out the door to try to beat NVIDIA, and then everyone's saying NVIDIA is better. And it's like, well, I don't know. It's just a different way of thinking. They kind of just mm-hmm. operate on the other side of the coin. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 but it, I, just for me, I like to feel like, like when I got Radeon 7, I was yeah. like, I understand. I understand it's not as, it's not the best value for money. I understand that. But at least I know that these guys aren't ripping me off. At least I know that that card probably cost them five or 600 quid to make. You know what I mean? At least I know that. Yeah. And so what I, so, and I actually think this is good because I've never talked about this really publicly. I talked to people on the Discord about it, but this is a good time to talk about. Um, I actually usually push back a lot on the idea. And, and obviously, look, NVIDIA has an architecture. They're spending 10 times more on R&D. I get that their architecture is good. But the idea that AMD's has to cheat is sometimes how I see it put by using the 7 nanometer node. And it's like, well, not really. You have to make – you have to take into context what these companies are and what their needs are. So NVIDIA makes millions upon millions of graphics cards at once for laptops, desktop. And I guess they want server, though. Frankly, I don't think their server market share is very good. But the the point is, with the laptops and desktops, they I mean, they need to be able to make like 20 million cards a year. And so they just flat out, 7 nanometer is not an option if you need to make that many cards a year. Mm. And furthermore, the way they design their architectures, they're always just these gigantic dies. They've never, they've literally, as far as I know, never made a small die architecture, really. Like, and so if you're always with that mindset, you need to be able to make millions of these cards and you need to be able to make them huge. They're never going to choose. It's not that seven nanometer is an advantage for AMD, although it is. It's just AMD has to use seven nanometer. And in fact, I think NVIDIA has to use 12 nanometer and i and you really need to look at the size of these dies here i think people go well it's on 12 nanometer okay well then do the math 
Like, I know theoretically you get like an 80% density advantage by going to 7 nanometer, but clearly Vega was more like 60% when they shrunk it or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Okay, so apply that to the 2080. It would still be 10% bigger than Radeon 7, even on mm-hmm. 7 nanometer. This idea that like, and the, and that's what they did. They made a wide architecture so that if they really made it cre- as dense as possible, it actually wouldn't clock that much higher than 12 nanometer. I, I don't you think cannot- it would. You, uh, the the numbers are actually really weird. the The actual die shrink that you got from from Radeon Seven was only thirty three percent. So uh, you know that that would be so you take a seven hundred millimeter uh, eight hundred what's it seven hundred and fifty millimeter square yeah. die or whatever. So you take that and you shrink it by thirty three percent. You're down in the five hundreds. You're not like you know yeah, so, it's not tiny. It's still huge. So that's you know, the and, point. Is it's like when I that's that's specifically why I benchmarked my. Radeon 7 against a it was highly overclocked so I was fair but a 2080 Ti and I'm like if you really look at it in the newest games in 4k it's what 20% stronger than my Radeon 7 guys it costs twice as much these are both 4k gaming cards they have more than 8 gigabytes of RAM but one this is this is the equivalent I thought I was trying to make the argument of the 4870 versus the 280, it's like, no, I except now prices are out of whack. So you have a $700 4870 <laughs> versus a $1,200 280. Yeah. And, and that's the, com- yeah. and they're both playing games at the highest resolution. Now, I know the 2080 is there, but that's not going to game in 4K for very long, guys. So just forget no. it. Uh, yeah. And so it's really should be thought of as like a cheaper 4K card, even though now cheap is $700. Sorry, not my fault. <laughs> What really infuriates me is like people tend to use their benchmarks and they tend to see not really a problem with, you know, memory and stuff like that. And that's because a lot of the times, a lot of the times your graphics memory, it, it overflows into your into your system memory if it's if you're using more memory. But if you've got slow memory or you've got, you know, you're using all your memory that you have in your system for something else, that goes away very quickly. And not only that, it does affect your performance. Yes, your, your and all benchmarking rigs are never running background tasks or all this other stuff you're usually doing at the same mm-hmm. time. They're just a fresh install of Windows, and so they never capture that. Yeah, it's the same thing with Ryzen. Like people talk about Ryzen. Oh, you know, you only need six six cores is fine for gaming. <laughs> this is a gaming chip. I'm like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Talk to Tom who has a quad core with, with eight with eight threads, and tell me if he tries to run anything in the background, <laughs> exactly. frames per second. You know, it's. The more cores you have, the better. Um, I, I have issues actually still with my Threadripper where the scheduler is still a bit fecked up. And if I run specific applications, Windows will try and put that on the same thread as I'm running the game on. And I lose yeah. frames. But that's that's the scheduler. And it's, it does it goes away if you turn it into an A-core. So, you know. Yeah, and, and that's an open secret too that if you use Linux, Intel isn't even an option anymore because it's so mm-hmm. horribly worse. It's hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, like back to this the the Nvidia stuff. I just, I just, I just can't get over. I can't get over the pricing in any way, shape, and form. I can't wrap my head around it. And then when I seen AMD do the same thing, I was like, oh, uh And I just want to clarify the the fifty seven hundred for me is okay. It's like yeah, yeah. You know that's what I, mean? what I said too. Well, and I think. By the way, if you know that I, I keep seeing people in comments try to start shit between YouTube channels, I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> like they just really? go, "Oh yeah," like they'll say, "Oh," and it'll even be a, like adored said this, Tom. What do you think? And then I like watch the video. I'm like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think exactly. people keep looking for fights, and it's like, and 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 everyone thought 
I was called a Navi fanboy, but I'm like, did you actually watch what I said at the end of the Navi video? I said, don't buy the 5700 XT, and the 5700 is okay. It's better than yeah. a Vega 64, and I guess if you waited, it's technically a better option. And then it's like, well, well, you said all this good stuff about Navi. Yeah, I did, but it doesn't mean, I, ah, why can't you? <laughs> did you hear the new rumors today? Not yeah, that I want I assuming, and I, I guess I really want to highlight, it, watch any of my Navi videos. I said every single one. I'm telling you, prices are going to come down fast. This is mm -hmm. just the initial price. I'm telling you, they're going to come down. Wait for reviews. And yeah, I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if they'd come down this fast. <laughs> <laughs> but I said by holiday season, and I, I the 5700 XT is going to be 400, and I don't know the 5700 will be 350 or lower. Just give it a month. You don't need to buy everything at launch, people. Yeah. Well, I think I think that right now, if they're going to do a price drop, right now is the time to do it because. Yeah, well, the normal guy, as you say, the guy who went, who always bought AMD cards, let's put him in the scenario, and he, he goes, right, well, I always bought mid-tier cards, so now I'm going out with 200 quid. What, what am I getting? Is, is, is this better than the one I have before? Or even somebody who knows a little bit more, enough to compare, and he goes, is this better than the NVIDIA card, or is the NVIDIA card better than... Oh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what. Like, just go and name your cards in a consecutive order, like, like Nvidia, pretty much. Yeah, does. Nvidia and has figured it out. They even name laptop cards the same now, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, exactly. And it just lets you know, kind of, where in the stack you're buying. You know that what the top end one is. You know what the mid tier one is, and you know what you're getting for your money. And I did watch a, an interview with one of the execs from from AMD, and they've apologized okay. for that, and they said they're going to fix it. They're going to fix it. This is the start. Of the naming scheme. They won't okay. change from now on. Let's see, it's you know what makes me... Uh, so then why are you starting at five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's higher than two. It's higher than two, that's why. Yeah, but you could have started at three, and then you wouldn't... Because this means they only have a few years to use this naming scheme, which maybe that's long enough for them, but uh, I don't know if it is. No, they, they, they were going to call them the 690, the 680, and the 670, and... Um, they decided last minute, and I, I think. They, oh, it was clearly they, last minute. Yeah, I think they could. I think that these cars were always going to be sold for three hundred and three fifty. I really think that's where it would be standard AMD launch because these cards do cost more to manufacture. Not a lot more, but they do cost more to manufacture. A little so I think more. My honestly, my numbers and and my video and one of my videos, I uh, actually go through the cost to make one of these, and then I add the Lisa Sue tax, the 45% tax, and then yeah. I came to the conclusion that with a 45% markup, they could be selling the 5700 XT for about 330 and That's yeah. still with a 45% markup, people. Yeah. So, and, and I think you were being generous in that video. Oh, I was being generous, as usual. I want to be so conservative that no one could even argue with me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But like, as I said, but you, you know, they've got to they've as they've got to make that forty. That's a company wide edict, right? We've got to make forty five percent because everyone else is making sixty five percent, and investors are wondering why we're not. And that's fine. I understand business decisions, and that's absolutely fine. But if if you wanna if you wanna win a mar a market that you are nowhere in. You have to do what you did with Zen, in my opinion. So you have to do what, which is be disruptive. Zen was disruptive, blew in, blew Intel away. Intel had nothing to compete. Intel dithered around, going, "No, nah, it doesn't matter. They're going to go away. They're going to go away. We'll just go. We're, we're Intel. They're going to." And that's what you have to do with a company like Nvidia: is come back with something that's really competitive in performance, but way cheaper. <laughs> 
It's the only way that works. And I know people say it didn't work, but that's because NVIDIA cheated and lied. And Well, I, I'll quote someone in my Discord. Tom continues to be the most bullish person on Navi for some reason. And I, I'm sticking to it. I really think people underestimate how much of a threat Navi is to NVIDIA. I really think it's going to sell better than people think. And I think you're going to see the new AMD really, really come out with this launch. I think you're already seeing it a little bit, the way they're talking. They don't seem stupid anymore. And I'll just say stupid. Like, remember the 290X reveal? It was like, mm-hmm. what reveal? It didn't even happen. They didn't even talk mm-hmm. about this car that was blowing away just yeah. over, just outrageously inferior NVIDIA cards that were more expensive. And I really think around this launch, apparently, like, right, apparently Steve at uh, Hardware and Box has had his Navi for days now. Wow, that's very good. For a week. So there i'm i'm expecting the nvidia fanfare for the first time at this amd launch like that type of the reveals the drivers are going to be ready and they're going to i don't think they're going to be evil i I don't know if that's the right word like nvidia is like you can only talk about this and if you don't talk about how great dlss is we'll never send you something (laughs) i don't think amd is going to do that but i do think they're going to send them kind of a loose script like hey make sure you talk about latency make sure you talk about this and i think you're gonna see i I just want to see if this actually works i'm glad it's gonna be at these price points because i was gonna be a little let down if people because i still thought frankly that navi was gonna capture market share probably not a lot but would capture market share at those prices but at these prices i'm okay with it capturing market share um I, I, I do. That, that's what I think is going to happen. I really do. I know people think that it's not enough, but I think something's changed. People are going to buy Zen builds. And they're going to buy Radeon because it's called AMD. And that's just how dumb some... Uh, I don't want to call people dumb, but I... I, uh, you, I no, no, no. You're, no, you're completely right. Because if you look at the way the market trended and you look at the, the, yeah. the, the, the CPU, AMD CPU market share, and you trend that with AMD's GPU market share. Yeah, that's I one of my most proud correla- videos is when I showed I never looked. I didn't that. know you did something like that. I, I, I literally there's correlation. Yeah, it was in my first couple months. I have it's an old video with a terrible camera, but uh, the chart still looks fine, and I still bring it up. I mean, if you were to go all the way back, it's probably one of my first first twenty videos or something. It's like for it said in twenty nineteen, AMD Mindshare will capture Radeon market share, and I literally charted Phenom, Phenom two bulldozer and then and i and i put those markers next to radeon market share it literally corresponds one to one right at yeah. pile driver uh, no actually right at ivy bridge there they just go off a cliff and market share <laughs> yeah. and you can see it continue to plummet uh and it what's really funny to me is they were going down during phenom one but when phenom two came out there was a giant spike in radeon market share and i know that's right around you know, the 5,000, 6,000 series. Everyone likes those, but I'm just saying, I don't know. It could have just been that Phenom 2 is actually challenged Core 2 Duo for about six months. Well, there are people out there who still believe that an AMD graphics card runs better with an AMD CPU. That's all I'm going to say. And Which and, actually wasn't true during the 7,000 series. The opposite yeah, was yeah. true, if anything. But um, what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, like very much like NVIDIA has the 2080 Ti, which is their Halo product, having a CPU, having yeah. like a, they, a that's product. the Halo effect. It has a Halo effect. It brings you in and it makes you go, right, well, I've already got an AMD thing. I'm going to go buy an AMD GPU as well. Like, look at me. I built my PC around all <laughs> AMD. And 
And like, I didn't do it because I was like, oh, you know, I got to build an all AMD system. I was like, I'm never buying an NVIDIA GPU again. Yeah, it's more about NVIDIA too than Intel for me. And yeah, I know some it's... people uh, think Intel's worse, but for me, the difference is at least Intel, as much as they do anti-competitive things, my Intel products fucking work. <laughs> and yeah. my NVIDIA products don't work. <laughs> yeah. Like you, 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 you don't get artifacts after two weeks of having your $1,200 graphics card. Yeah. Like was... Intel would never do something like that. Like that's so, mm. yeah, it's, I do. And I, what really blows my mind is NVIDIA gets away with doing it. I don't actually think Intel or AMD ever would. Well, I have a friend who works at, a, a you know, we have a, yeah. a, an Intel plant here in Kildare. And um, he was telling me about the validation they do on their chips, and it's mind blowing. He's like, the reason why it. we have, yeah, the reason why we have so many different SKUs and so many. I was like, why, why do you lock everything behind paywalls? And he was like, the root, Paul, the reason why is because we go after server markets, and to go after server markets, you need to have, you know, validation and them to know that your validation is perfect. Any kind of scandal will affect that. So they get there. So they ha even a tiny little variance that might get by AMD or something or by Qualcomm or whatever won't get by them. They'll be like, no, that has to be binned down a bit. That has to be binned down a bit. Right. So uh, for all you say about Intel, that can be that's a, that's a and, and that's always been my opinion too. Now we're officially Intel fanboys, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, when yeah. People, um, whenever I troubleshoot a PC, uh, you'll be surprised how many people who are more novices go, do you think the processor broke? And my answer is always no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't. It, they don't. Intel processors don't break. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, it's your motherboard? Probably. It, no. <laughs> yeah. it's your. And, it's and your I'll go as far as to say I don't think AMD processors almost ever break either, but. Yeah. Well, my fear about the 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 big the big Navi just before I get on to what I what I remember about my stuff that I used to have like because I've I've much longer more colored history I'd imagine than you, uh. But uh, um, yeah. I, I like the thing about Navi I'm worried about is that this is forty CUs and it's forty CUs at two hundred twenty five watts, and I I just worry right. We know that it's using the GCN instruction set, but it's completely new architecture. And some people have said to me, well, they're going to change. It's going to be GC, it's going to RDNA too. Uh, so, and it's going to be different. Have you watched the uh, the? I think the best architecture deep dive was the one on Gamers Nexus. Did you watch any of those videos? I did, yeah. And at least from what I from what I could tell, especially in the very first one they did, where they were just kind of talking in a hallway, um, they it sounds to me like actually RDNA is capable of doing a lot of operations at double the rate that GCN can, but they had to make sure the architecture was backwards compatible. So the way I see it is GCN was also like that versus the, what was it? I don't know, the Terra, what, what is it? The 6950. Terra scale. Terra scale, yeah. yeah. Like at launch, the 7970 was frankly just like 20, 30% stronger than the 580 and about 40% at most than the 6970. Over time, it's about twice as strong as the 6970 now. The 6970 trades blows with the 7850 by now. Uh, and that's how I think rdna may turn out is they have to make sure it's backwards compatible because they just they don't have the resources to rewrite everything from scratch like nvidia can every few years and i really and the way they talked about like wave functions and how they might run uh, i really think this thing might get so much stronger than people think and the power usage thing for me is like oh yeah so this is one of my conspiracy theories here but i really think what happened is navi came out it scales 
how as well as they wanted, but it uses a little more energy. And then they also figured out some things that will make RDNA 2 better. So they're like, well, if RDNA 2 is going to be this much better, maybe we shouldn't have a big RDNA 1 lineup. Maybe we should just save our money and focus on having a full lineup with RDNA 2. But in the meantime, Navi 12, which they now call Navi 10 in my opinion, it, it, that was Navi 12. Uh, they're like, well, it uses more energy, but it's more powerful than we thought it would be. This is our best one so far. So let's just overclock the living shit out of this thing. And if we do, it can get close to a 2070. And we'll just put that there. We already, And then you know what? That Radeon 7 we weren't going to launch, we'll launch it. And we'll just keep that up there. And we're going to keep this there. And then it's I, I, that's what I think is going on. Is I don't know how much better RDNA 2 is actually going to be, besides probably having some better ray tracing capabilities. But I do think it's going to be more efficient. I think they figured out some ways of helping the efficiency, and they're like, okay, well, f cancel the 5800 XT. Again, there will be a 5800 XT, but I think it's going to be RDNA 2. And I think these are all placeholder products, basically. I, I think there is a way to make it more efficient, and it's, it's, it's the most simplest way to make things more efficient. Drop clock speeds. Add more cool. Oh, I course. know, and I thought they would. And, yeah. And I think that I think that uh, you know, with with if they're gonna put sixty CUs or eighty CUs, whatever they're gonna put in the next the, the, the big version of Navi, they're going to drop clock speeds. I really believe they are. Because if, if you remember back in the day, like the the, the the smaller dies tended to clock higher, but they tended to have less compute units, so they wouldn't perform as well. And what's happened is over time, because uh, you know, basically you know, you've made your pipeline longer, you were able to get more clock speed out of these bigger dies. But adding more compute units didn't necessarily... You had a lot of stalling compute units, a lot of compute units that weren't doing anything. Yeah. Because you had a lot of compute units that weren't doing anything, uh, it, it didn't necessarily make it faster by adding more. Well, it, you were getting less of it. You were getting a diminishing return yeah. if you added more. But with these new compute unit designs, what, from the from my, my understanding of it, they've made the, they've made the pipeline wider. So they've made it wider rather than longer. So uh, clock speed is probably going to be harder to achieve on this architecture. But having more IPC done in every cycle is going to be easier to, to have. So I imagine adding more compute units will actually. But it's it's just that the fact that these are four these are forty compute units and they're at two hundred twenty five watts now. It, that's my only concern. I'm not saying that it's damn. Yeah, and that's concern. what I think is, and it is higher than I. I hey, look, when I saw two two twenty five watts, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I really think they're just going to drop clock speeds, and I think they're going to go over sixty four compute units. And I'll, at least if they don't, I'm going to like start questioning what's going on anymore because at least they can this time. Yeah. At least they can this time, because like people were like, "There's a hard limit to GCN 60." No, it's not. It's just there's no point it's in adding just more. No point, yeah. Yeah, you won't get any more, you know, performance out of it. So I don't know about you, but when people can complain about noise, I'm like, I don't know if you guys know what loud actually is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when cards were all much louder, like because people complain yeah. about Vega 64, like it's a cheap cooler. Actually, no, Vega 64 doesn't have a cheap cooler. It's just it's cooling a 300 watt card. It's actually outrageously quiet for a blower fan that's cooling that yeah. much energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Use go go back and use a forty eight seventy X two, and I'll tell me tell me it's not quite like that thing was unbelievably loud. And then the the Fermi card is even louder. As it's long like, as it's quieter than a two ninety X, I think it's fine. Yeah, well, those stock blow. I have I've had several of those stock blower style coolers, and they are atrocious. Uh, but they're not worse than the four eighty, right? 
No, they're worse than the 480. Oh, they're really? worse than anything I've ever seen. They're worse than my wife's hair dryer, and that's not a euphemism or like you know, uh, you know, genu- genuinely, yeah. they actually sound louder than a hair dryer. Uh, 100%. I've got I the only reason I know how loud they are actually because I hate when they show them in videos or reviews they're just like this is what it sounds like I'm like I've no clue what it actually sounds like unless it's next to me uh, and I I use them in a mining rig during the mining craze like there's one of the ones I could fi- still get cheap enough that would be profitable and so yeah I had them in my back room and I was like oh these things are pretty loud huh <laughs> just so everyone knows not everyone always looks at a bl- blower cooler and goes oh it's going to be so loud it's like no they're not all the same <laughs> trust me yeah well to clarify the new navi cards will not be loud i, I don't think so either uh, i think they will are... be hot as balls but they will not be loud they will be about 80 degrees and, and again keep in mind they use if they could keep the vega 64 at least it again yes if you turn up the fans it's loud but just don't do that you bloody idiot but like the Vegas 64 at stock, I thought was plenty fine on a blower cooler. It was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. And this is going to use like 30% less energy. It, it really isn't going to be that loud, guys. Yeah, but here's the big thing as well. They're using, so if you, like people would compare this blower style cooler to the Oryx 480. Which they should If you look at the size of the Oryx 480 cooler, it's half the size of yeah. the Vega card cooler. And the Vega card cooler was much bigger but it was cooling at a 500 millimeter square die. This is a 250 millimeter Exactly. Square. So, yeah. And, and, the 80s, I'd say. and the 480, uh, if you looked at the heat sink, it just looks... When I held the Vega 64, it felt actually fairly premium to me. And then I mm-hmm. look, if you look at the... Like, it felt heavy. The, it had a back plate. The 480 didn't have any of that. The, the cooler felt way cheaper and lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still felt good for a two hundred dollar graphics card. Oh, it was fine though too. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Again, it, but then you know you have one fifty watts versus three hundred, <laughs> and yeah. and I'm pretty sure they'll use one almost as good as Vega sixty four for something using forty percent less energy and smaller. Wait, no, this cooler is bigger. Have you seen it? It's oh, big. No, I, I it's a big, big cooler. I mean, I've seen how Look it looks. At... I, I haven't seen. Is it bigger than Vega sixty fours? Uh, it's about the same size, if not a bit bigger, and it's got the back open as well, so it's got you know yeah. the fr- so it suck air so, from the yeah. There's no way this won't be quiet. I, I think it's going to be fine. People forget yeah. that like some of the Nvidia cards had really good blower coolers at first too. Uh, I mean, I mean Kepler Maxwell days, and as long yeah. as those cards are below two fifty watts, a blower car cooler is fine. In fact, it's almost better because it doesn't heat up your case. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree at, at the same time, but it's just, it's the reason why they use this is because it's cheaper. And I, I hated when I heard that AMD exec say, we use it because we don't trust certain people to cool, the, cool their cards. I'm like, that is absolute, that's a complete lie. I know when people are lying, you're lying, you're lying because it's cheaper. You used it to save money. Tell the truth. It's not as cheap yeah. as people make it out because, again, not all blue or coolers are the same. They're not all the same, yeah. but it is for sure cheaper than what's on Radeon 7. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they, 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 Navi can do HBM as well, by the way. Like, Navi 100% oh, can do HBM. Which I think it, they it, might want to consider doing again. I've thought oh, about they will. that because it's like, and it, it's not even about energy savings, although obviously that's a big deal. It's about, hey, if high-end cards are going to cost $1,000, hey, you got the room now, might as well just throw HBM on it to get that advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm like, and that's what infuriated me when I first did my first video. Like, I did my first video about Navi. I was raging. I was so angry. And I shouldn't have done a video. I should have took a while, took a while away, maybe done a video after that, not done the video then. 
but I did the video then and it just really annoyed me with people saying, this is a replacement for Vega. This is a replacement <laughs> for Vega. And I'm like, no, it's well, not. Cause... It's a replacement for Vega's price point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a replacement for Polaris. It's perfor- like, you know, perfor- like, like die size. And yeah. Arc. That's what it is. I, I think the, actually, I think the perfect comparison is the 7870. Like, exactly. Yeah. It, a little more expensive to make than Polaris. But no, it's not Vega. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like the, the replacement for Vega is coming. It's called Navi 20. It's going to have ray tracing. It's probably the, the, the type of silicon they're using in the new consoles. Oh, yeah. And and that's what you're getting. Because I've heard 12 to 14 teraflops. That's the, that's the rumor that's going around. And I have a couple of people who talk to me. And that's pretty much, yeah, 12 to 14 teraflops. Uh, which would make sense. Because like, that would be what? 30 to 40 percent faster than these guys which is about yeah. what Vega was so i've been very outspoken about this too i guess let's i want to come back to your history but let's talk about this now i really think the wake-up call to pc gamers is going to be the ps5 i think people are going to look at the performance and the price and go oh my god this is how much we're being ripped off because if you do the math right so i so for instance i was very conservative with navi pricing to manufacture but amd is happy to sell them at like 10 20 percent markup to sony so we're talking about a graphics card that's probably and again it's a year from now so prices will be cheaper um we're talking about a graphics card that's probably 200 dollars to make the worst yields two four core chiplets that means they're half disabled zen two cores this is gonna be crazy cheap like we're talking about a console that probably costs between four fifty and five fifty, maybe six hundred dollars to make, and Sony's happy to sell it at a ten percent loss. I really like guys, I really think we're getting Radeon seven performance or higher for five hundred dollars and it's gonna have some really, really cool custom features. And people are gonna look at it and go, Wait, that's the price of I mean, I guess by then the thirty seventy will be out, but that's the price of a 3070, and it's stronger. How is that possible? And it's going to be like, that's how much you've been ripped off, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had an Xbox 360. Yep, and that's not a coincidence. And I really think it's going to happen again that people forget the 8800 Ultra. They're selling that for the equivalent of $1,000 now. Oh, yeah. And that is when, and let's think, huh, what happened back then? Uh, AMD fell apart. Well, Radeon fell apart for a little bit. NVIDIA was starting to rebrand and sell the same performance for the higher prices over three years, and then the consoles came out and raffle stomped everything. That's what's going to mm-hmm. happen right now. I think it's happening yeah. again. Oh, 100%. Because like, I remember when those consoles launched, you could not build a PC no. as fast as those. You just could not. And that's what, that's what annoys me. People are saying these consoles are going to be four and 500 quid. Get a life. They're going to cost six plus. Well, they're going to be worth it. I, I think... think, I think so I think there's no way Sony would charge more than five fifty. That's my opinion. No way. Uh, I think if they know if they know that Microsoft are going to charge a bit more, they might. They're going to be cheaper than Microsoft offering anyway. They're definitely going to do that. I, I so here's the thing. I've actually been planning to do a console series analysis because I actually love all computer hardware. I see people on my channel go, yeah. why are you talking about consoles? It's like, because they got really cool chips. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly, and yeah. uh, like the Xbox One X, frankly, I wish that would have come to a PC. But uh, yeah, but we don't need to get off subject on that one. But like when I look at this stuff, um, 
I, I, I keep seeing the information change. I keep postponing when I'm doing this series. And frankly, someone said this to me. There's no need to do a console series when we have Zen 2 coming out. Just talk about that for now, which I agree with. Uh, yeah. But eventually I'm going to have to. But I'm telling you, I've talked to people that work at Microsoft. They're changing their specs. I really think there's this arms race going on where Sony and Microsoft are like looking over the fence and going, ah, change it quick. They're going to do this. And I really yeah. think that at a like, I think PlayStation experience, there's a reason Sony skipped E3. It's because, frankly, they don't need to do anything anymore. They've won this gen. And they're just going to save their time, uh, save their uh, energy for PlayStation Experience this December. And that's when they'll... So we have a few more months where they can tinker with what they're doing before the very end. And I think it's just going to... I really think that they're going back and forth and going, oh, change this, change that. So that's why I've just stopped paying attention. I'll just look at it in two months because I really think... I really think they're both trying to cobble together something incredible at this yeah, point. Yeah, they are. And it's going to be 30 or 40% faster than Navi, what oh, we yeah. have now. And it's going to have amazing CPU. And that's that's the fundamental thing. And you're going to be able to use keyboard and mouse. It, their goal is to slowly turn Xbox into a PC gaming app without killing their brand. And I think it's going to be a slow 10-year grind where they slowly merge it into a PC gaming app, and then in 10 years, people will just go, oh, wait, where's Xbox? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's to get you onto that subscription service. You Which is now. a better business model, by the way, than what they're doing. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, I'm okay with them doing something like uh, selling you an all-in-one gaming PC and just call it what it is, $500 or $600 gaming PC. But so you swore off? You didn't probably swear off, but you didn't PC game as much um, around the 360 generation. So, like, what was... I'm guessing your first good build when you knew what you were doing was before that, though, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I had a... I had a... When when 1 gigahertz was the 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 thing to have, the AMD 1 gigahertz chip, I can't remember which one it was, which one it was. I had that, and I had all of the kind of stuff to go with it, and I had a... I, actually, at one point, I had a Radeon... Pro, some I can't. Was the fastest graphics card in the world? I can't remember what it was now. Uh, but my when I really got back into it was two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. I got my. Uh, okay. I got a, yeah. I got a quad core Phenom. Two. Uh, no, the Phenom. Oh, you got the uh, one. Okay. Ninety ninety eight fifty Black Edition. I got a HD forty eight seven. And the reason why I got the Black Edition because it was like a hundred dollar, hundred euro, or pounds was it? No euro, hundred euro for that. Uh, it was like being discounted in a shop near near me. They don't exist anymore. They shut down. But it, it was just a deal. It was on clearance. So I got it, and I got the motherboard to go with it. And I could overclock it three gigahertz. As far as I know, I was the only one to get it to go for three gigahertz. Everybody else was saying it could only do two point nine. Well, mine did three gigahertz. Uh, four gigabytes of RAM and uh, HD forty eight seventy, and then I got a forty eight ninety, and then I got a forty eight seventy X two, and then I got a Q sixty six hundred. Uh, yeah. Uh, and like I just kept incrementally upgrading that kind of way, uh, and then I got a ninety uh, i seven nine twenty, and I had that for years. Ah, oh, my brother had one of those. That was a really good one. Four gigahertz, yeah. Four gigahertz. Yeah, and it had eight threads. I mean, frankly, I know there's still people with them. Uh, I still and triple channel memory. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. If you had six gigabytes of RAM and an i7-920, it, it honestly, like, I, it probably still works okay. It's at, like, 30, 50, 60 frames a second to this day because, yeah, I mean, that was the first real i7. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it was the first, like, blow the front doors off. Everything just ran. Everything was amazing. Everything was fast. It was four cores, eight threads. It did four gigahertz. It was a 2.66 gigahertz park that went that went to four gigahertz. I was like, what? And then, yeah, and I had it in a Cosmos S P, uh, case, which was, like, a crazy expensive case. Uh, yeah, I just had everything that I, I wanted at that point. I was working a job. I was doing well. I was making loads of overtime, and I spent my money on hard PC gaming hardware. Yeah, I, I, I know which... Yeah, the thirty nine, the three ninety X was the first card I got when I had a great job. I mean, I had jobs before it, but like where I was like um, working for one of the big automotive companies, and I like had money, and I was like, no, nah, I know I should get a three ninety instead, but no, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I have a thing with not buying cut down dies. I've noticed. Same, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I, the full one. Yeah, even though it makes no sense. That makes like absolutely the, no sense. I know. <laughs> like the Vega 56 compared to the 64. Oh, yeah. I tell it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Like two or three frames per second difference if you do the appropriate things to the Vega 56. And, yeah. No, I had to have the Vega 64. No. I bought a Vega 56 and it rotted me to the point where I had to buy a 64. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the first... PC, I think I knew what I was doing. It was actually a laptop because I was going to college for mechanical engineering. So my parents were willing to get me an expensive laptop that could do modeling and all of that stuff. And that was like 2010. And yeah, I got a Celeron, but it was the same architecture as Core 2. And it was, it was when I was doing research and I was like, okay, so you don't really want a quad core quite yet. So I got, especially in a laptop, and so I got this 3 gigahertz dual core, which was actually really powerful for the time. Still works kind of fine. Well, I'm, well, not today. Five years ago, it still worked fine. <laughs> but uh, And it had a GT130M, which was kind of back then their 60 mobile version. Um, it, it was not very strong, but man, compared to what I had had before that, it was, yeah. I could play Crisis. Like, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like it, GT one GT one t- one thirty was a fine graphics card. Yeah, and I I mean it could obviously did all my engineering work well, but I I I, I like and I remember that was the days where you were fine with thirty frames, even twenty five frames a second if you could turn up Crisis graphics, and I could, <laughs> and I just remember playing that game in seven twenty p at ultra settings at 25 frames a second but i was just so blown away by the graphics it was worth it and it's just never worth it anymore of course uh, m11x which was like the really small it was called a gaming uh, netbook ah i love those i love the era of gaming netbooks i've always thought that was a cool idea oh i just i have one still (laughs) this was a 11 inches 11 inch screen uh, eight gigabytes of GDDR three, uh, sorry DDR three, yeah. uh, and an i seven. It had an i seven, but it was one of the mobile crappy yeah, it was ones. A dual so core. It, it, yeah, I know. Dual core with hyper threading, and I, it, it had. I, I a, remember this laptop very well. I thought it was one of the coolest laptops I've ever seen. Was like I played okay. StarCraft, right? I still play StarCraft, and I when playing StarCraft, that 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 could play StarCraft at medium detail, hundred frames a second. Yeah, um, I, my first small gaming laptop was actually a Bobcat APU, uh, which wasn't the best, but I remember being blown away because I, I, so 
I'm an Age of Empires person. And uh, I remember playing Age of Empires 3, which actually for the time, Age of Empires 3 had out the best graphics of any RTS I've ever seen. It, yeah, and it was very demanding, yeah, for was, the time. It looked like you could blow up parts of a building, kind of like Battlefield, and it would actually show it correctly, blowing up parts of buildings during a fight. Um, and I remember the Bobcat could run that at mostly high settings in 768p at like 30 frames a second. And this was a 11-inch netbook that had like, and again, for now it's not that impressive, but back then it had a six-hour battery life. And that was in 2000, I want to say 13, actually, because this is when I was hopping between laptops. And I remember getting that and going, oh, wow, this can run Oblivion. This can run, uh, this, yeah, this can run Age of Empires 3 maxed out. This is the future. I had these 11-inch gaming laptops. And that's when I really learned I will always trade performance in a laptop for portability because if you can't move it somewhere, why do you have a laptop? <laughs> The M11X actually came out in 2010. Oh, I know. I, I remember it because I was like, wow. this was the first one that was really impressive. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember when I when I got it, but I, yeah, I remember. I remember StarCraft had just come out as well. So, uh, yeah, that'll tell you. You know, being able to play a brand new game, medium settings. Yeah, and that netbook's actually what convinced me to build the gaming desktop because I had that 19-inch gaming HP laptop, which was actually very thin. But its battery life was, let's be honest, 45 minutes. And it overheated. And I was like, I've, I've started to find that even on trips, I was using this netbook that could play Age of Empires and Oblivion more than I was using this big gaming laptop. And I was like, I think I just need to get rid of this laptop and build a desktop because this is clearly the way to go. You want a small laptop that isn't crazy expensive unless you have the money. And then you want, but you want that laptop to last, you know, a, a whole day without charging if you can. And just because then it's portable. And then you want a gaming desktop. And that's when I did all this research. I got a 560 Ti, uh, Ivy Bridge i5, which I actually got for like $200 a few weeks after it came out on eBay. And, and then, uh, I eight gigabytes of RAM, which the RAM was defective, had to send back, and of course a hard drive and stuff. And I remember that. And then I booted up Crisis. I, oh no, I booted up Far Cry. Th no, it was for Crisis. And I remember going, "Oh my God, now I can play it at sixty frames and nine hundred p. Everything's changed." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the experience I had when I went from the the forty eight the HD forty eight ninety. I could play Crisis at maximum settings at 1050p, I think it was at the time. 1600 yeah, 1050. Or something like 1050. I could play that, play at that at like 50, 40, 50 frames a second, maximum detail. And then I got a HD 4870X2 and it was like 70 frames a second. I was like, wow. <laughs> I remember too, and that was like a big deal. I still think people. I did a whole video on the changes of frame rates over time. I'm like, really go back and watch reviews of the 3870 and 4870. They they literally said on Anantech, and it got past the magical 30 frames per second. They called yeah. 30 frames magical. Everyone yeah. bragging about 200 FPS just needs to understand that frame rates are going to keep increasing because we used to be happy with 24 frames, frankly. That's what they used to say. They used to say 24 for anything under 24 frames per second wasn't playable because that's yeah. the cinema quality, cinema, cinema's frame rate or whatever. Which is so were... kind of true, actually. I'm going to be honest. You can get by if the minimum drops to 24. 
but you don't want it to be I would say the average needs to be at least 28 in my experience yeah. or it feels like complete shit but as long as the minimums are staying above like 20 you're kind of okay actually guys I, I know yeah. if the game's good <laughs> yeah yeah well it won't affect your gameplay that much if, as long as it's a single player game what I find yes. though to oh, me online, is it's get destroyed but <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, what I find is um, that uh, like I I I did a video where I was like, don't buy a hundred and forty four hertz monitor, and like uh, I, I know I was like, I don't know, I know what you're saying, I know what you're saying, but like literally, don't buy one because once you do, you will have to have a hundred and forty four yep. hertz. Yep. I have one. I have to. I'm not <laughs> it's not. Until. And by the way, my TV that I so like I I don't really play games much anymore. So like I've been trying to play through Sekiro because it's one of my yeah. favorite. I like Demon Souls, Dark Souls. And so I just take the time once every few weeks to unplug my desktop, plug it into my OLED TV, and it runs at 120 hertz there too. And it's like I wouldn't buy a TV until it had native 120 hertz 4K because I'm not going below it again. Once you get yeah. you, it, I saw the thumbnail for that video, by the way. I didn't watch it, but I knew exactly everything you were going to say. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my god! Like, I have a, I have a sixty hertz monitor directly beside me, and I can't even, I can't even move icons around on the desktop. Whatever. Yeah, it, it, even, the, even, <laughs> even like just doing things in Word feels worse. And I remember my brother coming over once, and he, this is the first time he saw that, and he gets out, um, he started playing. What was it? It was like a Battlefield Five One, like had like a beta server you could play in to try out new maps. And so I was like, hey, Dan, check out this new map. And so he starts playing it, and he's like, why does everything look clearer? <laughs> and I'm like, because it's at 144 hertz. And I think that was even like when I was like jumping between graphics cards and like, oh, yeah, that's when I was like modifying my mining cards. So that was just with like a R9 380. And even that was running at about 100 hertz in Battlefield 1. And he was just like, this. The way I describe it to people is if you've watched a good 3D movie, assuming you're not one of the people that gets a headache from a 3d movie it's kind of the same effect it's like you look at things and they just look more real there because yeah. the human eye sees actually at about well we see shadow movement at a thousand frames per second so when you go from 60 to 144 trust us <laughs> you'll see yeah. the difference yeah that's the only way i only way i can describe it is that when i put it on when i literally put my first mon like this monitor cost 700 quid right and i was like it's 32 inches 1440p uh free sync 144 hertz uh va panel and i put it down and i went right the colors look nicer this 144 hertz is nonsense though because it's my first ever over 60 frames this is nonsense this is absolute crap i can't see a difference played a few games didn't really notice a difference but what i when i did notice i noticed it looked a little bit not but because bear in mind i'd completely upgraded my monitor so the colors look nicer it looks sharper yeah, everything looked better so it's no surprise but i was like i can't see that this looks like and then I I went over and I played the game on the on the the other monitor, which is exact same resolution. Honestly, that's the best part of the PlayStation Four Pro or the Xbox One X is just the frame rates at least stable. <laughs> the last thing I did want to cover was just the unprecedentedness, which maybe I'll do a video on it. We'll see. But I think our conversation would be good. Is I well two things then I guess. Number one, what. So what did you expect for Ryzen 1? I mean, I mean, a few years ago, Ryzen 1. Like, what did you expect it to be before it was clear what it would be? Uh, I expected it to be an unmerciful, 
unmerciless disaster. Like I, un- <laughs> like I just expected it to be an absolute, complete, and utter flop. I just, I, I, I had no hopes for it. I was excited for it. I just thought that AMD are going to launch this product and Intel are going to release something that they have on their shelves and crush them. And that's generally what I thought. And I didn't realize how much Intel didn't take them seriously. Okay, and before you, so what I was thinking unmitigated disaster as well. I was thinking, well. What would be cool, though, is if this has Sandy Bridge IPC and then it runs maybe at lower clock speeds, but it costs half as much. So I was kind of, and I expe- I did always expect it to be more efficient, actually, just from what, everything I was reading. So I was like, so if they make like a, I don't know, 100 watt 8 core at 3.5 gigahertz that has Sandy Bridge IPC, that'll be good enough to really shake up the market and maybe... Uh, and this will be great for people who do non-gaming stuff. That's and that's what I expected because they were really. I don't think they were sandbagging, but they were only showing what they can. Everyone always. So AMD is actually very honest lately since Lisa Sue take over. They show you themselves at their best light, but they never lie, right? And so you have to keep in mind whatever they're showing you right now with Navi is not cherry picked, but it is the best way to portray Navi. So it's probably going to be about a little weaker than a 2070 super and they're going to make it look like it's about the same but they're not lying and so that's what i expected for ryzen but what did you expect once you what did you think once you saw the reviews though or the numbers i should say well i I should well i shouldn't say that you should we both of us shouldn't have been surprised because they gave us 40 percent ipc that was the number they quoted right and so you you would think that it would be like a sandy bridge or an ivy bridge ipc kind of level and then you see 50 something percent ipc and you're like what so when i seen it i thought yeah this is gonna really change everything and then i seen the gaming reviews and people talking about gaming reviews and i was like oh, oh i know the fact that God, they even these people could. have missed the point completely yeah that really pissed me the off point. i like it's not that it's not that it's not it's it's not faster in game 100 percent not but somebody to tell you that you have to buy an i7 7700K for gaming in 2017 is absolutely completely not. It, it, it was all horseshit. And it really, yeah. like, I, well, Adore did one of his better videos where he says the gaming tech press misses the plot. Like, they yeah, really loses the plot. just yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't get what was going on here. I was, so yeah, I was absolutely floored by its performance. I said, this is game over. Intel's in serious trouble for the next five years. Because AMD managed to make something that's cheaper to manufacture, has, as far as I could tell in the reviews, about the same IPC, close enough. And they were, yeah, it's not clocked as high, but it's a 95-watt 8-core. 95, not 140-watt, mm-hmm. 95. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at the gaming performance, I was like, guys, it's like 10% worse. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's not even, it wasn't even, like, it's not even, like, it's not making your game run at 40 frames per second. Yeah, Do you I know. know. I mean? This is the thing. <laughs> It was making your game run like you could only detect it if you were going above 100 frames a second anyway. And, and they even like, so said some it of these felt gaming, smoother, like, though, too, because of the background yeah, tests. Exactly, exactly. So for me, I was like, I was like, I, I have shit open all the time. Like, if you look at my desktop tray now, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven programs open right now. And that's not even talking about my system tray, which has probably has another five or six. That's the way I run my PC. I have an awful lot of RAM. Why not use it? And 
I'm like, I can go play a game and it won't be affected because I've got cores dealing with all the other stuff and I'm playing my game. And I hear all these like, stories of people now with 8700Ks and, and the Windows update and their frame rate drops to nothing or, you know, the, they're talking to friends on Skype in the background. And Yeah. So what's interesting is that used to happen to me in Battlefield 1 where, and they said in that game, actually, specifically, they said this would happen, especially with the 7700K, which I have a 6700K. Uh, so, you know, same thing. And same thing. Literally. Yeah, just treat 200 megahertz. Well, and, and mine's not running at stock either. So, and, yeah, so same thing. And uh, it would do that. It, fe- it usually feels incredibly smooth. And then it would just drop to 90 for a second and go back up. And I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and to be clear that actually doesn't happen much anymore so i don't know if they actually fix something in a windows update but that's the type of stuff you got to worry about when you have less than and i'll just say like less than 12 threads Mm -hmm. yeah exactly because people people when i say cores in fact some in some situations a 6700k or a 7700k i know know where you're going can be better than a six core part. I, no when I saw the i fives, I was like, "This is stupid. This is this is yeah. worse. This is dumb." Yeah, yeah. Like so, and when I seen the eight, the eight core part with no hyperthreading, I was like, "That's dumb. That's stupid." Because like, the eighty seven hundred K can be fa- yeah, as fast, if not faster than it. Like, it's, well, now we know why <laughs> they're know? disabling that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah so, that, so i guess to bring it back though is i i mean and i this has been this weird thing where i'm like guys i really don't think you guys understand this is hands all hands on deck at intel right now they are freaking out and when i saw the 8700k i just said that's it <laughs> that's what you got yeah and i was like so yeah. everyone going and i saw this actually they don't you don't see it anymore because everyone knows they were wrong but in 2017, you constantly saw just wait for what Intel's been hiding in their vaults. I'm like, guys, if they had something, they would have launched it by now. They're not happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so and they, don't, they didn't have anything. And I think that's the big But they did. That's the thing. They did. They could have dropped prices, and they didn't. Yeah. Because they just ignored Zen. They just said, that's not. Nobody's going to buy and that's this. A, it's like a profound succession of the same mistake over and over. And I, I, I really think um, – and that's kind of what I broke down in a couple of my Intel videos. I really think they thought Ryzen 1 was kind of it, that AMD had shot their load and they're done. And so they're like, we'll launch the 6-core early and we'll bring out the 8-core as soon as we can and that's all we need. We beat the 2700X. And I don't think they realize that AMD – and that's, uh, that's what I really hammer home with my Zen 3 Whispers video. Really. AMD planned four generations in 2013. We're not halfway through AMD's attack on Intel. Zen 2 mm-hmm. is the, the almost halfway point. Zen 3 is when we're finally kind of halfway. And Zen 4, I know nothing about Zen 4, but Jim's at least said he thinks Zen 4 is as big as Zen 3. And, I, and yeah. I'm very outspoken that I think Zen 3 is the nail in the coffin, not Zen 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could be, but I think Zen Two is oh, going it's, to. And, and everyone, and some people. I'm not. I don't think you're. You are like this, but I think some people got really mad when I released my Zen Three info, and it's because they're like, "Well, yeah, I just want to buy my Zen Two and be happy." And it's like, no, the good. No, they're not done, guys. I'm just be happy with your. And I think Zen Two is going to be the biggest increase for gaming. To be fair, but Zen yeah. Three, 
everything I've been told is it's dropping power consumption in half again and increasing thread count. And that's mm-hmm. just as big of a deal. Again, that's like Ivy Bridge. Ivy Bridge didn't really increase gaming performance, but it cut power consumption in half when AMD already looks stupid. Yeah, sometimes the talks can be bigger than the ticks. You know, this this is what people don't know. Like, I mean, Zen Three, which is which I think is like a like a talk. It's not it's not a tick. It's like uh, isn't it going to be on the seven nanometer plus or something like that? My understanding is Zen Three is. So, Zen Two is a tremendous deal. They're moving to this chiplet design. So, I guess yeah. I guess it's up for debate. What's the bigger deal? But the my understanding is that Zen Three actually is a complete redesign again. And so yeah. they're adding cores potentially. At least a Jim seems to think they are. What I know for sure is they're adding threads. So we're going to have you know. So whatever they have now. They're going to have a 16-core yeah. 48 thread going up against whatever dumb thing Intel has. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's going to look yeah. so... I mean, think of Threadripper. Think if they actually do it. They actually released a 64-192 thread Threadripper. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know that there, the, there's talk of a 64-core Threadripper coming this year, this year or next year, <laughs> which which is... That I think we've all underestimated AMD. If if they come with a sixty four core Threadripper, we've all underestimated. We've all went like, yeah, no, there's no way. I've always do that. been there's fifty not... fifty. I thought it makes more sense to just go to forty eight cores, and actually not to hold back, but just because I don't think Windows can even use thirty two cores. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can. The twenty nine ninety WX yeah. Windows makes an absolute shit show of that. But like. At the same time, there are workloads where you can use 32, 32 cores and 64 threads sure. if you're trying to do multiple things at once. If you're rendering a video while encoding another one, while you're, you know, that, that's genuinely using your PC and using your cores and threads at it, you know what I mean? And you could have two monitors with two different PCs it, running off the same e- Exactly. And I think what people, I mean, that 32 core with Zen Plus was a surprise. Like, no one expected them to launch a Threadripper with 32 cores on 12 nanometer out of nowhere like that. Yeah. Uh, and so they, so I'm not really surprised if they, from my point of view, do it again. <laughs> like, we have a 16 core on AM4. I, may, I guess why not? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, and, and this is so, I guess, too, right, the way you might want to think about it is this is going to be so easy for AMD to just make Intel look stupid from a marketing perspective, just by launching the 64 core. I mean, I guess why not then? If you can take that mind share, I don't think it will actually be that great for your most people. For 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 I'm sorry, for even most people that might want a lot of cores, I think the 64 is going to be almost useless. But well, here's some statistics for you that I didn't know. Right, uh, AMD have said this openly, so it's true that. Uh, Threadripper is the best-selling HEDT platform in the market. Oh, I, I, I okay? know that. I knew they were selling. Better. And and the highest core count CPUs are their best-selling products in the Threadripper lineup. Yeah, I know the 16 core sells incredibly well, but they're saying the 20, 32 does also. Yeah, they're saying that the, the top, yeah, why the not, top selling product is the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So it makes sense then why they're doing this because we're forgetting that. 
there are there are you know budget conscious film creator studios. Oh, it's been like a godsend. Imagine if yeah. you've been like slugging, like I guess slumming it with ten core i nines or i sevens, yeah, and then exactly. out of nowhere for the same price, which you know the the sixty nine fifty X was seventeen hundred dollars for the same price. All of a sudden, you can get a thirty two core. That's just that's so insane. Like you must be sitting there. Um, I, if I was someone that actually made use of that, I would be losing my mind with how much I love AMD at this point, to be honest. You know, they just didn't take AMD seriously. So now we know how not seriously Intel take AMD. And even now, that memo that they released internally was like, you know. I know. There's still, this is why things are, I'm really concerned about Intel as a company. Obviously, I don't think they're going to go out of business or anything. But I, I just, guys, <laughs> AMD is basically tied in performance right now. They're about to double it again, and they're going to double it again with Zen 3. And the reason Zen 3 is such a big deal is that's supposed to be the one that adds a gigabyte of 3D stacked memory oh, next God. to four threads per core. So I think, so, yeah. Like as a cache? Like as an on, yeah. you know. Oh. They're going to supposedly have a gigabyte of cache. And four threads per core, and they might even go to ten cores per instead of eight cores per CCX. And if they do that, if there's a twenty core, eighty thread AM4 chip with a gigabyte of cache, I, I mean, AMD can charge a thousand dollars at this point. Like this is, uh, and and I mean, and then so, and the thing that worries me about Intel is it's like, so where do they even price? <laughs> and we know Intel's got nothing but ten cores for the next three years, so so where are they going to price that ten core? Two hundred dollars because it's going to be competing with, and I think they're going to limit it to three threads per core on desktop. But I like so it's going to be competing with what a ten core tw- thirty yeah. thread because <laughs> and that's my big problem with the tech uh, price though is that they're like they they're talking about Intel waiting for what Intel are going to bring as if Intel are going to bring Nothing. something. But also, <laughs> forgetting and not thinking about the fact that AMD are not standing still. They keep like acting like, acting like AMD are going to stand still. This AMD, that's all they've got. We're just going to add more cores, no more RPC, nope. blah, blah, blah. They're not going to innovate at all. What are Intel going to do to innovate in this market? Intel are going to bring around Fovros. Intel are going to bring around this. Intel are going to... But AMD are going to do it. Unless... But AMD already. Yeah, AMD's already <laughs> 3D stacking. They have 2.5D stacking with HBM and they have Infinity Fabric. So the reason Intel's talking about Fovros is they want everyone to think they'll be ready. But AMD's ahead of yeah. them in 3D stacking, ahead of them in Infinity Fabric. There's no objective reason Intel would bring this 3D stack chip out before AMD does. And again, I, do, I fully admit, I don't. And, I, and by the way, I think Zen 3 may be on 6 nanometer, uh, at least 7 nanometer plus. Um, and I don't know what Zen 4 will be, but I know it's going to be on 5 nanometer, and I know that doubles density. So, I mean, we can guess at least 50% more cores, probably. And at that point, they'll probably just stop because I don't know if there's a need for more than 24 cores on desktop. But, like, once they do that, and again, Jim seems real confident whatever Zen 4 is doing is as big as 3. So I don't know what it's going to do, but see. I mean, they could have an integrated scheduler where they have 24 times 3, so, you know, 96 threads, and then there's a scheduler utilizing multiple threads like it's a single core. I mean, that's the next mm-hmm. holy grail. So if they did that before Intel, I, I honestly worry 
what Intel could do as a company. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't see anything from them that says they're going to like they're they're getting eighteen percent IPC in their next generation, but they're losing a shit ton of clock speed. Get there. It's only and it's only yeah. quad cores, yeah. right? But and and that's before security patches. Yeah, but I'd imagine they can do eight cores. I imagine they can do six. But I'm I'm just saying that the fact that they've got there and lost clock speed, there's a clock speed regression. Tells you that the 10 nanometer, that's the problem with the 10 nanometer process. Whereas AMD have got there and got clock speed as well. And that's the most important. Okay. The, what I was all leading this towards is how unprecedented the Zen 2 victory is going to be. I don't know how many other things you've watched. This I I think this is a bigger deal than Sandy Bridge even versus... Oh, yeah, it is. It's, 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 they're going to be double as fast at 700 like so for 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 250 quid more they're going to be double as fast essentially uh for for cheaper they're going to be for substantially cheaper they're going to be as fast and there's just and at the same price point they're going to offer you about 50% extra performance and it, it's just game over like there's no like what was what was uh you know the 25 2600k over is over the bulldozer parts it wasn't 20 it wasn't 50 percent faster yeah I, that's what i keep pointing out too to people is is the graphics cards we have now with nvidia versus amd are nowhere near what sandy bridge versus bulldozer was and yet this is going to be nowhere near zen 2 i don't know it was like depended on the task i would say they actually had like 50 percent more ipc and used less energy but this is going to be well, double the cores, more more IPC, and half the energy. This is a bigger deal than Sandy Bridge. I, this is a bigger deal than the Athlon. I th- sixty four. This is a bigger. <laughs> I I really think this is going to be the greatest defeat in C. Yeah. Well, you can you can only take you can only take uh, what we know about eight cores. We know eight core because Intel only have an eight core, so we can only compare Intel's eight core to to AMD's eight core. AMD's eight core is going to be cheaper. Six, uh, yep. It's gonna Six use less power, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna clock to around four point five gigahertz. Uh, I, I you can take that to the bank, I'd say, and it's gonna have uh what it what it fifteen percent IPC, so thirteen percent over Intel's IPC. So it's going to be faster per yeah. core, better multi-threaded because AMD's hyper-threading is better, simultaneous multi-threading is better, and it's gonna use less energy. So it's gonna absolutely decimate them. And really the scariest thing, I think, in this defeat for Intel is the fact that that 13% IPC may not sound completely crazy, but the 2600s, 200, 3600s, $200, the 3600 has six cores. 13% more IPC is going to make that 3600 almost match the 9900K yep. at most things. Yep. Yep. Almost. It's is 200 versus $500, almost as strong as the 9900K while using half the energy. Uh everyone's like every i know we all hoped it would be a little cheaper but guys this is why the prices are where they're at because they're going to match a 9900k for less than half the money well i wish that was happening i don't i don't have a problem with the 12 core price and i don't have a problem with the the 16 core the six yeah the 16 is like a cheaper 16 core than yeah i have a problem with the with the 3800x that's the problem yeah. yeah, it's a weird one. And uh, I, I don't even know if it's dumb. What well, it is dumb, but it's yeah. just weird. It's like, why are because, there Because two... Because they didn't want to call it a 3700X and call the 30, uh, 3700X the 37 because they wanted, to, they wanted to get a little bit more money. That's the only reason why. There's no 3700. That, that, yeah, that 3600 was going to be the 3500X for yeah, like 150 yeah, probably. Yeah. 
And I don't, I don't think they're up on the twelve core, and I don't think they're up on the sixteen. No, that's four hundred dollars. That's what the seventeen hundred X was. So it's fifty percent more cores, and it's like yeah. double the performance. And AMD drop prices as they as the their node matures. Exactly. Intel don't. Yeah, they do a lot. So the prices will come down too, and 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 they're saving it. They're saving better yields. If Intel responds with anything good, they're gonna go. Oh, boom! Here's the thirty six twenty X. For you know, they'll yeah. just raise two hundred megahertz yeah. across the board and drop That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, you probably gotta go. I do indeed. I do indeed. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I sure enjoyed talking to Paul from Not an Apple Fan. Um, I think a lot of people think we disagree on a lot of things. And in fact, we almost agree 100% on everything. <laughs> we just say things in a different way. I think he looks at the Navi pricing um, and is quite appalled. And, and I certainly wasn't happy. Luckily, prices have come down. And he, like I said in the podcast, I thought they would come down. Maybe not that quickly, <laughs> but I certainly thought they would come down quickly. Um, but if you really listen to both of us, we say effectively the same thing. The price is a bit too high. 5700 is okay. I just say it one way and he says it in another. Um, and I didn't have any intro there in the beginning because I wanted to get to us talking quickly. But I will do an outro question now from Reader Mail. And, of course, Reader Mail is submitted on the Discord, which you can become a part of if you support me on Patreon. Uh, so let's get to it. Uh, this comes from 12389761212YSD. I think that's like a bunch of numbers, then that's not quite yards. Not quite sure what your name is, but uh, it's a long one. He asks Do you think buying a 3950X and switching off SMT would yield the best single threaded performance of any CPU on the market once it hits shelves? And my answer is yes, but I think I'm going to answer a different question. I think what you're really asking is this the best? gaming performance and that answer is a resounding yes so the ipc will be higher than intel by about five to ten percent and it will probably clock within ten percent of an overclocked 9900k s so it's going to be narrowly better single threaded performance well up to ten percent but i don't consider ten percent a lot although certainly some people seem to but then keep in mind it has double the cores if you turn off hyper threading I mean, yeah, you've got 16 full cores versus Intel's 8 cores, 16 threads, and it will be doing so with higher IPC. Yeah, a 3950X at 5 gigahertz with SMT turned off will be the best gaming CPU for sure. But he also goes on to ask what I think about the 9900KS benchmark um, losing slightly to the 3600 in a leak. And he basically infers that it was a bullshit benchmark. And I agree that I, I don't expect the 3600 to beat the 9900KS, but I do expect it to be very, very, very close. And we're talking about a 5 gigahertz all-core base clock or whatever for the, or at least boost clock for the 9900KS. And what that means is that damn thing's going to be using 125 watts at least, most likely 150, 180 watts. And it'll be going up against the 3600, a 65-watt, the fact that they're even within, you know, 10, even 20% of performance, it's just game over. And I think that's what the point of all these Ryzen leaks are. And I think everyone will get that full picture once Zen 2 comes out. And Zen 2 comes out in a few days. So looking forward to that, guys. And I will, of course, cover it as best I can. All right. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, have a good one. Broken Silicon, a PC hardware and gaming podcast, is brought to you by me, 
Tom, of Moore's Law is Dead, and also co-hosted by my brother, Dan. Please visit Moore's Law is Dead at YouTube to see much more in-depth analysis of AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA products and rumors. Also, if you love this podcast, please subscribe and consider giving me a review on your distributor of choice. It really does help. And if you really like this and my other content, please consider supporting me on Patreon at Moore's Law is Dead. Unlocked or higher supporters get to submit questions and have in-depth discussions with me after videos and podcasts. Plus, there are a lot of intelligent people on the included Discord channel that are having some pretty enlightening hardware discussions right now. I bet they wish you could join them. In fact, I will now give thanks to my NetBurst or higher supporters immediately because I could not afford to dedicate the time or resources necessary to providing this content you like without these supporters. And so, without further ado, well, actually let me say this. This is not a stitched together edit of every name that I have recorded recently. Every week, I say the same thank yous to all the names on my list again, because I want to remember all the people making this possible. On July 7th, 2019, the following names are the net burst 10 gigahertz supporter level or higher. Bootman, Hunter Drake, Dean, Ruckus, Justin Yant, Thomas Rupp, Tomas Baraj, Jesse Blanton, Jordan Betcher, Mohamed Al-Khwari, Victor Janecki, Matthew Brubacher, Prime Tech, Justin Parrish, Zachary Martin, Terrence Hyren, Calm Marco, Thyrister, The Ninth Dude, and Greg Reniger. Thank you all. And of course, thanks to Paul and I'm an Apple fan for joining me for this episode. 